So the most enraging thing I've heard is actually not at CPAC. It was Twitter where Raymond, who uh, is good to me on Twitter, I appreciate the dude. Uh, Raymond uh, wrote, bourbon not made in Kentucky is just whiskey. Can we stop? Can we just stop with the madness? Can everybody just calm down? Bourbon is the American drink. Bourbon is by law made only in the United States, not just Kentucky, everywhere in the United States. You can make bourbon in Indiana, you can make bourbon in Oklahoma, you can make bourbon in Hawaii. Yes, you can. If you tell me I'm wrong, I must tell you you're wrong. And then I'm gonna insult your moms. That's the way this is gonna work. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.locals.com. TonyKatz.locals.com. I'll tell you what, it is, it, it's actually frustrating when people do that. And then, then they'll make a, a secondary mistake, at least this one in my view. The other one, the first one is a clear misunderstanding of, of what the story is. Bourbon is the American drink. That's what it is. Bourbon is the American drink, and that's made anywhere in the United States of America. That's how that goes. Whiskey is also something that can be made anywhere around the globe. Whiskey's an easy one to do. Whiskey is not bourbon. All bourbons are whiskeys, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. Isn't that right, Secretary Wolf? Sure or false? <laughs> I think that's true. That is science, yeah. sir. See, I won't tell you about the border. Don't don't test me on the bourbon, sir. I, I, I will not. It's I think that's the valid, valid point. That is the weirdest intro to a radio interview ever? That's yeah, okay. You know what? That's good. I rolled with it. That's good. we are. It is Chad Wolf, uh, the former acting Secretary of Homeland Security under President Trump. And, sir, it's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. At CPAC, and, and an absolute pleasure. I want to start with a baseline question. Yeah. Because we often discuss the idea of border security and whether the border is secure. And you'll hear people say and utilize the expression that the border is wide open. That's what they'll tell you. They will tell you uh, that the border is wide open. What does that mean, the border is wide open? Yeah. So I think in, in what we've seen over the last two years when people use that, the border's wide open, it's we have not only an unprecedented number of individuals being trafficked uh, coming across that border, we also have uh, illegal narcotics to a degree that we haven't seen coming across that border. But it's not just the numbers. It's the manner in which they're coming across and the lack of order chaos and the lack of a process at the border that we see today when you have border patrol that says look i can't process these people fast enough i'm not going to actually give them what we call an nta a notice to appear at an ice office when we release them into the country there's just too many i'm not even going to give them that i'm just basically going to tell them wherever you go in the country whenever you get a chance go to your local ice office and we'll put you into into immigration proceedings People are like, yeah, sure, I'm going to sign up for that. And then, of course, we'll never see them again. But we often hear that people show up to their court hearings, upwards of 90 yeah. plus percent show up to their court hearings. What stat are they referring to? You just shook yeah. your head. You rolled your eyes. It's, you so, in, the it's so infuriating because, so first of all, there's not just one court appearance in an immigration proceedings. You're likely going to court three to four different times. And every time that that percentage decreases, because it, it, what it shows me is that the success of 
putting someone in immigration court proceedings and removal proceedings, which is what they are in, is to remove them from the country. The success is were they removed or not, it's not how many times they show up for court. Because what we see is every time they show up for court, that percentage gets lower and lower. So it may be in the 90s the first time, drops to the 70s, drops to the 40s. By the time they're going to their last court appearance, it's, it's in the teens because they know they're about to be removed from the country because all of their petitions are not working. So the court appearances are about staying in the country. Yes. And the longer this goes on, the more surety there is that they will be removed from the country. So they eliminate themselves, extricate themselves from the process to not have this It's happen. almost as though they self-select. They're like, okay, I'm not showing up for the next court proceeding because I see I've been in front of a judge twice now. He's not buying my argument that I'm, I'm claiming asylum. He's not believing what I'm saying at the moment. My immigration attorney, who's being paid for by the government, is telling me, look, your claim's a tough one. So they're like, okay, this isn't going well for me, so I'm just not showing up for my next one. This is what we see throughout the continuum of these immigration court proceedings. And the success is not how many times they show up for court. The success is, are they removed from the country when they have no legal right to be here? Are the people that are being, um, because the, the court proceeding still goes on whether they show up or not, it's in absentia. So all the people that are being removed, that are being ordered to be removed, are they being removed? And the answer is absolutely not. And that's the that's the metric that people should be looking at. Talking to Chad Wolf, uh, the former acting secretary of Homeland Security under President Trump. Let's go back to this, the idea of, of, of going through these court proceedings and this idea of asylum. The judge yeah. isn't believing my claim of asylum. I have argued on my shows that there are NGOs, these non-governmental organizations, that are indeed helping people, teaching them to lie as they cross the border or they get the word out about how to make a claim when you're coming into the yeah. country to give you the best chance to stay here. So we have groups working against border policy and working against keeping uh, people who shouldn't be in the country out of the country. Am I right or am I wrong? Oh, it's 100% right. I mean, I saw it firsthand as acting secretary and, and throughout the four years at DHS, you have a number of these groups. And unfortunately, what we see today is that the Biden administration has given grants to these groups. We have groups that are being funded out of the Department of Justice, for instance, who believe and then say it on their website as part of their mission statement that removing people from the country is inhumane. Right. And so we are funding groups that their sole purpose is to make sure people are not removed according to U.S. law. So all of these, I mean, there are some good NGOs, right? There are some folks that, that want to do the right thing, but there's a whole host of them that are working against American law and taxpayers to try to fight the system, find those loopholes to get these people to remain here. And absolutely they're coaching them and they're telling them to do and say certain things. And these are the same groups that will go, that are, I believe that the Biden administration is beholden to. When you see that the Biden administration is trying to bring back Remain in Mexico-like policies, yeah. do you laugh out loud or just to yourself or just like, why don't, we stick, why don't you stick with this two years yeah. ago? All of the above, right? So they had the ability to, to do all of this two years ago and, and to really avoid the human carnage that we've seen on the border, the humanitarian crisis and the security crisis. And now they're coming around to like, oh, well, we need to put things in that actually work. Well, we gave you a playbook. 
um, at the end of the Trump administration and you, you tossed it in the trash and you overturned a bunch of things that they're now putting back in place. They have a new transit rule that says you can't apply for asylum if you don't apply for asylum in the first safe third country that you came to. So if you're in Guatemala, for instance, and you want to walk through Mexico and you don't claim asylum there, you can't claim it at the U.S. border. We had a rule in the Trump administration. Biden administration didn't want anything to do with that. Two years later, guess what? They're back to the same rule. Uh, and now they're trying to defend it. It's not the same. It's not the same. What they're slowly realizing, and it's been painful to most Americans, and certainly to those communities along the border, is that deterrence and enforcement works in this regard. But it's, if they're adding these rules back, is, is there belief in your view that things get better? All we hear about is more crossings than ever before, yeah. more gotaways than ever before. If I have one more person talk to me about the fentanyl issue, yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's, it's just horror on horror. Do, will any of these rules that the Biden administration begrudgingly or for whatever reason is bringing back, do you expect to see a result? Or is there some other loophole that make, renders these things moot? So I, it's a hard question to answer. I, I expect to see marginal success. And the reason I say that is their heart's not in it. They don't believe in any of this. They don't believe in immigration enforcement. So the rule I just talked to you about, uh, there's so many exceptions to the rule. If someone um, tries to use an app on the phone that they have created, but they can't access it for whatever reason, maybe the app uh, is down for four days. Well, they're all exempted into the country. So th there's all these exceptions that they put into all these different policies and rules that says if an asylum officer believes that, you know, something that the immigrant says or the illegal alien says that they have the ability to just parole them into the, into the United States. So there's so many exceptions that we would never have done in the Trump administration. Wow. Because we know that the loopholes are taken advantage of to a, to a degree that we had never imagined um, that the Biden administration is allowing to happen today. I started by asking the question, while I still have a couple minutes left, is uh, about the border being wide open. We have had people discuss with us that there are massive swaths of the border that literally have no protection. The video we see is from the same part of the Rio Grande uh, and, and those areas. As you left, exactly how much of the border is really wide open with no fencing and no uh, men and women to, uh, from Border Patrol to actually keep an eye on it? Uh, so there's a good, there's a good bit of um, desolate places along that border that make it very difficult to have people come across the border. Um, you're not going to want to cross there because it's, it's a five-day walk. Um, and so you don't need a lot of assets there. You need to have some domain awareness. You need to have some ability to surveil the area, but you don't need a lot of resources in a very desolate area. Where you need the resources, where you need a border wall, where you need physical infrastructure, and where you need agents are the busy crossing areas, and we know where those are. It's where the cartels push people across that border and the like. There, you need certain things that this administration is not providing for. You need a border wall. And why do I say that? Is we want them to cross on our terms and where we want them to cross. And if you put up physical infrastructure, yes, one or two people may come over it. But the vast majority are going to try to find a place where that wall is not. And then that's where you place your your officers and your resources. So there's a method behind the madness of, of border security. But what we saw from this administration, I'll just end here, is they stopped listening to Border Patrol agents and they wanted to do what was best politically, which was to stop building the wall, 
uh, suspend enforcement and the like, and it was against the advice of career law enforcement agents. Chad Wolf, the former Homeland Security Secretary, and of course with America First Policy Institute, AmericaFirstPolicy.com. I appreciate you yep. the time to be with us. We've got more from CPAC presented by Relay Indiana. This is Tony Katz today.